one of the most important, if not the most important item to always keep in check is your self-worth. I was fortunate enough to have a mother, a stepdad, and grandparents who believed in me and always reminded me that I could do whatever I set my mind to do, a tool which shaped me and got me through many difficult yet luckily not detrimental moments in my life. My motto has always been, if I don't know the job, I'll learn it, words which I still default to even today. But I did lose my sense of self-worth along the way. And how? Was it internal or external forces that dissolved it? Was it my own wounded ego or that of others? For many years, it seems, I was rolling through life, measuring my value in financial gains, and along the way, letting my true self go. A few years ago, I stood up. As I began walking my true path, I was reminded in mysterious ways that simply being is enough. Now I walk in integrity and clear in my purpose, but this took a while. Meeting Jordan Ash reminded me of the strength I had as a young woman. Her presence is regal, intelligent and dark humored. Her confidence is inspiring. I was humbled during our conversation. She's very clear on her worth. She doesn't take BS from anything or anyone and she's able to manifest what she wants and clearly detect what is a test. On this new moon, I leave you with an exercise of introspection. Find a quiet moment and ask yourself this. Are you in alignment with your self-worth? Are your values based on your core beliefs or on others' expectations? How do you want to feel? What do you want? No make nobody kill your dreams. Hi everyone and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. This is your host Paola and I'm here today with the incredibly talented, multifaceted Jordan Ash and she is a writer. She's the host of Dating NYC Podcast and she is Life with Jordan. So welcome to the, to the podcast, Ms. Thang. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm very happy we're finally getting to speak because we met now a while ago. Yeah. And I feel like you were such a welcoming being. I, I, we met at the wing. You welcomed me on the first day I came to, you know, when I joined. Yeah. Oh, that and was your you, first day. It was my first day. Oh, wow. And you're like, I like you. I'm going to follow you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think it was meant to be because I wasn't, I didn't talk to many members at the wing because it wasn't really something that we were supposed to do. But like, it just felt right. I don't even know what we were talking about. I don't know either. So you like, you literally oh, were yeah. like, yeah, we, we, we talked about something for a second. And then we're like we, each other's biggest fans. Yes. But I love how honest you are. I love, you know, I always, I feel like I always age myself when I call young people, young people, but uh-huh. you're a young person. <laughs> but to me, you seem so grounded and so confident and your message is so clear. So I want you to just tell everyone about yourself and, and what you do and, and why you do it, because it's, it's deep. I think it goes deep. 
You think so? My name is Jordan. I'm from Harlem, New York. I started my podcast a couple of years ago. It started as a series on my blog after like a really, it was like my first actual heartbreak. So I considered that relationship to be like one of my first relationships. And it was like my first love. And then we broke up and I went to school in Maryland. And when I came back to New York, I was just like, all right, I'm fresh out of college. I have my degree. I look good. My hair looks good. Like, (laughs) let's go out. And so like, I was forcing myself to go out maybe a few times a week. And I would just keep meeting the same men in different bodies. And it would just be a different story that they would tell me all the time. And at the time I was working in music journalism. So like, men would just lie and say, oh, I work for this record company. Hmm. Not knowing that like I can look it up or I can ask somebody who works there and like they'll confirm or deny. So I got hit with that a lot. And I think I just took to asking questions on Twitter. I, I think I just asked like, hey, does any other woman have to deal with this? And everybody was like, yeah, welcome to dating at NYC. (laughs) So it started as a segment on my blog. I interviewed maybe, maybe 10 people, five men and five women. And I asked them all the same questions. And every time I asked them, it was a different answer, a different reaction. And I learned a lot from it. And someone has suggested I started, I started a podcast because people don't read. (laughs) And my last year of college, I ended up taking a class on like how to do garage bands and all kinds of like audio stuff. So I just started, I found a studio. I started that day. I edited. I looked up YouTube videos to learn how to edit stuff. And two and a half years later, (laughs) we're here. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's so true when you, you... It goes back to the fact that we are all the same in slightly different versions from each other, but especially when it comes to people's true intentions, sometimes it's easy to tell a story, but I, it, that's what I mean when, you're, when your message is so clear. You seem to be somebody that can see through people very easily. Yeah, but I don't know if that's, that's about me being grounded or about people just it's kind of obvious when people aren't who they say they are Mm -hmm. and it's taken me a long time to feel comfortable in my body and who in who I am that when sometimes I hear things I'm just like "Mm, that's not Mm -hmm. true that's not you Mm -hmm. so it's just like obvious to me now so yeah and I like how you call it out I feel like not only in people but how like, in you know, it's, I feel like it's something we also should be doing is calling people out on BS. Mm-hmm. Like you do that. I, I love your, is it bad eats? <laughs> good, <laughs> bad eats, yeah. It's like, yeah, that wasn't good. Or when you're walking on the street and you go on some random rants because somebody said something, it's like, stop, stop bullshitting. Like if yeah. everybody would just be transparent and forward with their intentions, we would stop wasting so much time. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially now, like, I feel like us women, regardless of age, there's this need or there's this underlying kind of movement where we just don't want to be doing one thing all the time, especially in terms of work or even the people we hang out with. But we are kind of dabbling in everything. and 
hustling and moving around. And there's so much time wasted when people are trying to pretend or expecting you to pretend. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's like, I don't have time to waste on this. I don't have time to, to break down whatever it is you want. So like, I always tell people to be straightforward with me, like, especially via text and emails. I'm like, I don't need the, the, the pleasantries. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. if you want something from me, let me know what it is. Let me know how this is going to benefit both of us. And I'll let you know if I can accommodate. But like when people I haven't heard from in years will hit me up and be like, hey, how's everything? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but well, what are you trying to ask me here? Like, mm-hmm. what, are, what is it that you want so we can both get to this conclusion as soon as possible? Mm-hmm. That might be the New York in me, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I have to say, I haven't met a lot of people that are as straightforward as you seem to be, because I feel people are always afraid of being judged. And I think once you take out that part of the equation, then it's easier to say, I mean, for years, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what I was feeling, especially like, even if I knew people were bullshitting me. I would just be like behind the scenes. I was like, what were they trying to really say? And then you're trying to put together this puzzle as opposed to being in their face. Like, what is it? What what do you want? What are you trying to say? Like for me, I feel like it took having kids to get there because, you know, kids, they're always trying to test boundaries and push. So so I would be like, no, what do you what do you want? Yeah. Kids are the most honest people, though. Yeah they're taught to like bite their tongue and stuff yeah. like kids are the most honest people if kid doesn't like something there's no hiding it at all yeah, yeah. And you might not expect it to come out in that way but it's not <laughs> it's not a game you know my daughter the other day told me she said mama you know you should stop telling me maybe when I ask you for something or to do something because I know it means yes or no Oh. So I said, so would you rather me tell you that we're not going to do something, even though there's a chance we're going to do it? And she said, yeah, because then I, I don't have an expectation. I was like, she's seven. Oh, that's deep. That's I deep. was like, but oh, it's good that she knows that. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Cause that's how I am. I'm like, okay, is it yes or is it no? Don't hit me with a maybe. Cause then I'll get excited. Yeah. And then when it doesn't happen now, I'm disappointed off of a maybe it wasn't a promise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whew. the kids, yeah. the kids, these kids, they just, and you know, it's, it's, uh, I feel like we don't watch a lot of TV. There's not a lot of media happening mm-hmm. and they get it from other kids. Like it's that connection that we have as humans and as a generation, like my generation had their own, you know, things and mm-hmm. your generation. And then these little kids generations, there's something else. Like, I don't even like, I feel like, it's almost how I didn't grow up with a lot of technology and now I'm getting used to it. I feel like the younger you are these days, it's almost like the technology is in you. Like I know, for example, you were saying you taught yourself the podcasting. The other day you were asking about Adobe things. Like you seem to be self-taught in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think for me, when I went to school, I graduated in 2014 and I studied journalism. So like our last year, they assumed that that was when the journalism bubble was going to pop. So they spent a lot of time trying to teach us everything. So I took a lot of video editing classes. I took a lot of audio editing classes. I took a few graphic design classes. 
essentially what they wanted us to do was to be able to do a little bit of everything, which mm-hmm. worked out when once I got into the work field because as a hip hop writer, I would have to go to like these concerts and these festivals. And depending on the publication, there wasn't enough spaces for a writer and a photographer to go or a writer, a social media person and a photographer to go to give three different visual audio or editorial stories of this one event. So I would have to be that person. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that my last couple of years were filled with like, Hey, learn how to do this, that, the third, but like that hasn't stopped. That mm-hmm. just tra- has transitioned into so much more now And it's kind of overwhelming because it's like, damn, what else do I need to learn to keep up with everybody else? Just because it's like, you can't just be one person anymore. And I would Mm kind of love to be one person, but Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that would look like. Do you think it's so interesting you're talking about this? Because earlier I did another podcast interview with a friend of mine Mm -hmm. that I've known for a while. And we were touching on the same subject of women people have this expectation from us that we can multitask and we can get everything done and that we're amazing in that way, even though we don't get thanked a lot by it. But if you would be just mastering one thing at a time, it's almost like, Oh my gosh, she's not doing anything. But do you feel that there's a difference between men and women in that sense that we're expected to do more or you think it's a generational thing? I think it's a generational thing a lot of us don't want traditional jobs anymore. So mm-hmm. it's very generational. My grandmother doesn't really understand the concept of a podcast. She doesn't understand that like, it's not something that pays me all the way yet, despite me having sponsors and stuff sometimes. But like, these are things that like, I have to teach her and she learns. But it's also a New York thing. Mm. As the as the price of living goes up, you can't really afford to do just one thing unless somebody is paying you very well to do that just one thing. I don't know too many people who have just one job. Even when I was at the wing from nine to five, I worked for Pitchfork, which was a music publication. And then from 530 to closing, I would be at the wing. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to ha- find time to like work on my podcast and stuff and then create the social for my podcast and do that. So like, it doesn't stop mm-hmm. ever. It's, it's really like hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm constantly looking for balance and finding more ways to like honor myself as well as do all my other things. Wow. That's a lot. And do you think, do you see a shift happening or do you see things just like that's the way it is? What's, what do you wish would happen or, or shift, you know? I mean, I don't think it's going to shift until people are paid correctly. Yes. Because even for me, when I get sponsors and stuff, I'm very aware that people pay me less than they pay other people. And that's me hanging out with other people who create content or other people who, who model or whatever it is they do. When we talk about rates from the same company, mine is lower. Theirs might be higher, but theirs is also lower than somebody else's. And it depends on who they are and what they are too. A lot of the people who are paid the least in this entire, like, I guess media kind of game are black and brown women. So it's like, 
if I'm already in this mind state that I'm not going to be compensated properly, I feel like I always have to hustle. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm just trying to figure out how to hustle as well as not lose my mind. Yeah, I'd like to be more still, but of course, I I don't know what that looks like because I've been doing that since college. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. insane. It's, it's, I grew up like you that I I had to go to school and have two jobs Mm -hmm. and I had to keep my 4.0 because I was on a scholarship as a Dominican in New York. While my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he, he's Scandinavian. So his college package that his government provided was really good. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to work. And he was studying or he would be like having a beer with his friends. Like when we talk about college, I'm like, he's like, do you remember that bar we went to with these people? I'm like, no, honey, I didn't go because I was either working or I didn't have money to go hang out with, with you, yeah, my boyfriend at the time. But it's, you know, there's, it's so, what everything you said right now, it, it, it's so triggering still to me as a minority, as a woman, as an immigrant, because things just haven't changed that much. I've been here for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And to know that I used to be the lowest paid in my crew, even though I could code and I could build a website or to this day, people just want stuff for free. And it's like, you know, I will give you a lot of information for free. If I didn't have to pay my bills, I would do it all for free. But guys, come on, we got to pay our bills and we got to survive. So, why isn't there a standardized rate? Like when I was in fashion, when I was in corporate, mm-hmm. there are there are imbalances there. But this is like a standardized kind of rate, depending on the level you're in, position. But I feel like for an, a lot of these new careers or new endeavors, like sponsorship for a podcast or influencer modeling or sponsoring something on Instagram, how is that going to be standardized so that at least uh, there could be some kind of regulation or regular rate? I have no idea, but I've just been saying no to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So like this week and last week in particular, I'm not even sure why, but I've been getting like a lot of people emailing me about stuff, but nobody is sending me like a rate. Mm. So like I can scan the whole email, but nobody's saying, oh, hey, so we want to offer this for this. But a lot of people just want to send me free things. Mm-hmm. And lately it's been for skincare, for example. So I already have like a solid skincare like routine. So I've been very straightforward in emails where I'm saying, well, I'm not going to disrupt my routine. And I'm also not going to promote a product for free. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to play the exposure game, but if you found me, I'm exposed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here, you see me. So like now this is a type of thing where it's like you want your product to reach my audience or whoever's looking at me or whatever. So now this is an exchange of business. Mm-hmm. So let's talk business. But a lot of people will take the free product and that's why it keeps going when Mm -hmm. people understand their worth or when people understand that like I can't pay my bills with a free moisturizer (laughs) then maybe we'll get it but I don't know I think I don't know like I like to say I manifest things and then I'm tested immediately so I can say like oh I want 
I want a collaboration. And then I'll immediately get an email from somebody, but they're not talking about money. So I turn Mm -hmm. it down because that's not what I asked for. That's just the test. So I've been saying no a lot lately and I'm waiting for the one with the check that I also align with. Yeah. And when it comes, it's going to be beautiful. I love that because you you're you seem to be very aligned with your self worth. So you're not you're not doubting and you're not taking the things out of doubt. It's just that you know that what you want is the one you're going to agree to. Yeah, I think my my past in social media helped with that a lot because I got to be able to understand like reach and growth and audience and what time to post one picture and what time to do videos, you know. And what comes across better. So because mm-hmm. I know all of this background information, just from my background working in social, I know what I can do. And I know when I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't so let a, people play no, with me. Yeah. It's a very informed and educated strategy that you have. It's not like, look at me putting your cream on my face. You're like, right. no, I know exactly how I'm handling this. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. it's it's crazy because I also feel, you know, there is a lot of kind of not controversy, you know, that I feel like even the term self-worth and manifesting, that's new stuff, you know, that that's new language in a way. Like if you talk mm-hmm. to some people, they still don't even know what what we're talking about when we say these words. But for a long time, people didn't even realize that you can really focus on what you want and not just wish it, but it's almost like you have to feel it and you have to work. You have to put some work towards it. Like I, I remember many years ago, I read the secret, you know, that book, the secret, mm-hmm. but I was like wishing stuff. You're like, I wish I would have this car or I wish, which in, in a way it was like, you know, kind of bypassing the, the actual you you kind of have to put some work into the mm-hmm. things you want to manifest you can't just sit there and wait for things to show up so when you're saying manifesting you're working towards what you want to manifest most definitely most definitely I'm definitely I don't ask for things that I'm not ready for I ask for things that I know I'm ready for and I know that when it comes I'll be able to show up and show out because mm-hmm. I was ready for it. So like, I don't ask for like a brand new house. I don't ask for like a trip out to the seas or something, you know, like I'm very realistic with my manifestations because I know what I can do. And I also know I deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to remember too. I think a lot of people think that self-worth means selfish and it's not. You definitely, I can love myself and love other people but it's about that balance Mm -hmm. you know like I could love these products a lot but I also know what I can do Mm -hmm. exactly what's like one of the most messed up or annoying things somebody has asked you to do like for me I had this place I was doing a lot of workshops right uh-huh. And workshops, I know I'm not going to make a lot of money from. Workshop is for me to share information. It's a way to build community. And I I take a lot of joy. But then there was this one place and I had done a workshop with them and I, I brought a lot of people in. And then we were doing another one 
and they didn't promote it properly. Nothing really got done. And mm-hmm. I was splitting 50-50 with them. And a few days before the event, nobody had signed up. And I had already exhausted my side. But you know what? They had already seen me a month ago. I don't think people want to come see me. You know, if they if you see me once every year or once every six months, I think you're, you've had enough. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my friends were like, no, I'm, I'm not coming, whatever. And then I, I emailed them a few days before. I said, you know, guys, nobody's signing up. Let's call it because it's not going to be financially or time wise efficient for me to come. And I was like in full transparency for me to come there. They were in really far in Brooklyn. I'm in the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. I would have to get a babysitter. I would have to pay for all that stuff anyway. So I said, let's just call it in. <clears throat> They're like, no, we don't, we don't cancel events. I'm like, well, I'm not going to come if one person signs up. Surely enough, the day comes, one person has signed up. I said, you know, now you have to tell that person, I'm not going to come all the way over there for literally like $10. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we can't do that to our customers. I'm like, there's literally like there's one customer. One <laughs> yeah. They, but they got, so. it's funny because it's a, it's a place that's very spiritual, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And the girl I was talking to just kind of, went off on me i was like, that's what? how it always is right people are spiritual when it when it benefits them or when they think it'll make you want to do something more than you actually want to do it right mm-hmm. it's always like that and people nobody will ever value your time more than you yeah so when i get like i get a lot of emails to like collaborate with other podcasts but then i think about like i'll listen to these podcasts and i'm like if you're a podcast that where it's just you and your homeboy and y'all are talking, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't make sense. Or if I'm looking and then your audience and my audience are the same, but like you, you're not doing anything of substance. You're not saying anything of substance. I'm not going to do it. So somebody asked me to be a co-host on a live podcast And like our audiences were similar. So I was like, okay, cool. But it was all the way in Ridgewood. It was like on a Sunday. It started at like 11. We wouldn't be on until like 12. And I was just like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes there's nothing more than that. Mm -hmm. Then just no. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And you don't have an excuse. So I've been working on ways to say, you know, thank you for thinking of me, but, Mm -hmm. you know, not this time. And I've been saying that a lot this summer. And I think that, like, whatever my opportunity is that's coming is going to be really grand. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, not everything is for you. Yeah. No, I believe it. I see you. You have this. Another thing, when when I met you in person, I think the first time you were standing and I was sitting. Mm-hmm. And it was very quick. And then when I saw you in person the next time, I realized how tall you are. So you have, <laughs> you not only have this very strong character, you also have this presence mm-hmm. and this beauty that I like, I want to, I want to fuck with you. I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, but you know, it's, it's refreshing because Still to this day, a lot of women don't put their confidence forward because there's a lot of fear of mm-hmm. rejection or lost 
opportunity as opposed to do you think do you think that get you get that from your family or how did you grow up I don't know because we never really talked about like dating and stuff in my family and Mm -hmm. I was always very good at writing more than speaking I didn't like public speaking at all it just wasn't my thing and I played the background a lot from like maybe middle school to high school and then I don't know I just it takes you a long time to come into yourself Mm -hmm. and like now that I'm here for me to be anything less than who I am would be a disservice to me Mm -hmm. and I know that and I think about that every time I'm in a space where people assume that I'm intimidating because I don't want to smile or assume that I'm intimidating because I don't want to do like the little small talk awkwardness. Cause it's really just awkward. Well, you know what I find? I'm happy to say that because there's a difference between strength and mm. intimidation. And usually when people are intimidated by somebody else, it's because they're not strong enough. Yeah. Because when I see a woman that has character and it ha- and she has strength and she's vocal, I'm attracted to that. I'm actually like, oh, I want to go talk to her because I want to know what, what this is. But a lot of people are intimidated by that. And then they, they say, well, you're, you're intimidating. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just being myself here. If you have a problem with that, you know, like I said, Dominican woman, you know how many times people are like, why are you shouting at me? Or mm-hmm. why did you say that like that? Or why did you look at me that way? And it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm just being, I'm just here <laughs> just trying to be it's myself. Like you're just being yourself and people aren't themselves. Yeah. And also in these spaces where other women haven't dealt with many black and brown women, they don't really know what to do. So my, my time at the wing was very like, Oh, Jordan, you're intimidating. But it's like, I'm just standing here. Yeah. I'm literally like, standing, I'm standing here. <laughs> I don't want to engage in small talk where it's yeah. like, you're trying to ask me for a discount without asking me. So yeah. I'm just standing here. Yeah. I'm not intimidating, but I'm not, I see what you're doing and I don't get paid to do that. Yeah. So there are many moments where I have to like check myself and, and check people around me and be like, hey, you know, no yeah we're not doing that people don't like hearing no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people do not like to hear no and I remember the first time in my life when I heard no is a complete sentence because I didn't realize that and it, it was such a groundbreaking thing to me and it was my friend and no one realizes it no, no. one like your and mother will tell you no your whole life yeah and then somebody else says it and you're like I just don't understand. Yeah. Like a dry no, which Mm is, I find it really strengthening when you finally can own that though. Like now for me to say no, it's not a problem without having to say no, because it's like, no. And I feel like you have to practice though. It's almost like you have to, you do it the first time and then you see that it worked and then you do it again and it doesn't work. And, you know, for example, I do feel a lot of people, especially women, there is a lot of distorted relationship to money. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that don't want to pay for things or a lot of people want things discounted or a lot of people pay late for things. And when you dig into that and you try to figure out what it is, it's like, if you don't want the service, you can just say no. The same way that now when I see that somebody's going down that route, mm-hmm. I say, no, I, I can't work with you. Yeah. You know, because there is this weird energy with women, money, paying getting paid like both ways like asking to be paid like we were mm-hmm. saying before but also paying a lot of people don't just don't even for personal services there's always like like i remember going on my mom she always tried to get a discount from anything yeah like it didn't matter if it was a nail salon a shoe store and in my country that's kind of a common thing but i was always like if if your price is i'm making it up a hundred dollars to do that Mm-hmm. I will pay you a hundred dollars to that. Like, why am I going to try and bargain? But then there's this whole story of the back and forth of I'm going to hike up my price because they're going to lowball me. And I feel that goes back into the same conversation yeah. of saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that from either end. Mm-hmm. My favorite question to ask when I get an email that doesn't explicitly say we cannot afford to pay you. So we're offering X, Y, and Z is what's the budget? Mm-hmm. what's the budget for talent what's the budget for this like i like i shot with refinery 29 they paid me the most money i've ever been paid and in mm-hmm. that following week i got an email from one of their competitors and it was like 138 dollars to be on set and i was like is there a zero missing like <laughs> So I asked her straightforward. I was like, well, you know, how long would I need to be on set? You know, what's needed from me? Because it has to make sense for me. Mm -hmm. So like I work part time. So if I have to take off work to be on set, I need to be able to make whatever I would have made at work Mm -hmm. while on set or more because a lot of things are net 30, net 60, net 90. So I need to be able to make whatever I would have made at work and then some. Mm -hmm. And if I have to call out of work and I'm not matching that, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the name or like who's going to see it if I can't eat. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, how how you want to make money off my face, but I can't eat? It's crazy. Because they know what they're doing and it's it's, it's strategized. It's not, Mm -hmm. they just... They literally didn't see you on Instagram and say, oh my gosh, she's so nice. They're like, how many followers? Yeah. How, how much pull does she have? So it's, it's people, you know, what advice do you give other women in your position that are navigating having multiple jobs and all that? I mean, you've said already so many great things, but if you were talking to, you know, that typical thing, if you were talking to your younger self, <laughs> what would you, what would you say? I don't know. Probably like don't get caught up in like titles. Cause mm-hmm. like especially now, like when people email me to do stuff, I get hit with a lot of like the real woman title now. So it's like, oh, we want real woman models. And it's like, okay, you want real women models, but it's still a model and I want to be paid as such. People will do that and then try to lowball you because, you know, you're a regular everyday woman or and there's so much there's so many different connotations behind certain titles that people throw out and you never really know how to take it afterwards. So I would just I guess I'd tell my younger self to 
just do what what feels good. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel good, like when I when I shower Refinery29, I looked at my manifestation notebook from the stylist to the publication to the photographer. Those are all people I wrote down that I said I wanted to work with. So no matter what the price was, I was going to do it because that's who I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. And the price was right. So that's how I knew it was meant for me. So I would just say like, you know, you don't have to say yes to everything. Sometimes it gets really overwhelming when there's like a lot of emails and everybody wants to send you stuff. And then you get like a full week full of packages like it's Christmas or something. But it's like half of these things you're not even going to like. Half of these things don't even feel good. It's just going to be another added thing to your room. You know, knowing what feels good and going with that is important. So I would tell myself that younger <laughs> for sure yeah I love that it's like kill kill all the noise and just focus on mm-hmm. something that really resonates yeah with you so I want to seal the conversation by you sharing with us what you do that you know since you do so many things what are some of the things that do keep you grounded and when you have a moment to give to yourself what are your favorite things I mean apart from I want to I want to see your manifestation book I don't have a book I have a notebook a notebook I took from when I was at the wing and I was just like oh here's extra notebook I'm gonna just write it down every every moon I write something down or even when I think about it I write it down because I'm a writer so I always keep a notebook with me at all times so I did that. But lately, what's been keeping me grounded is going to my classes. I take yoga, belly dancing, bar class, and I take, I think I took samba last week. I take a whole bunch of like random dance classes at this studio up in the Bronx. It's owned by a Puerto Rican woman. So I feel good like putting money in brown women's pockets, but also it's like, I'm someone who is really good at making time for other people. And, you know, as you get older, you realize that's not always reciprocated. So now that I have these classes and I enjoy going, I don't cancel my classes for anyone. Mm -hmm. So it's like we can do it before, we can do it after. But like during this block of time, this is me showing up for myself. And, you know, you can move around. I'm not going to move around for you. So that's been my thing lately. Yeah, I like, I think when it comes to like working out and stuff, the hardest part is always getting there. Yeah. So for me, this like, I live in Harlem. It's over there in Yankee Stadium. It's a 15 minute walk. But sometimes I just get into bed and I'm just like, damn, (laughs) this bed feels so good. But I always feel amazing after I leave my class. Like I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of women. Some are young, some are older, but it always feels good and feels comfortable. And I feel safe being there. So I know I just try to remind myself of that feeling and like of the endorphins that come out after like you sweat so much or whatever. And that's what gets me to go up there. That's beautiful. Yeah, I try to go like three to four times a week because it's really cheap. I'm still in the intro month, so it's really cheap. So (laughs) like... But I enjoy being there. So I'm going to continue to do it after my month. I love it because it has so many of the components of what, to me, what real self-care are, which is building community, spending time with yourself, moving your body, sharing experiences, 
playing. Like I, I've learned to see exercise as play. I was it's actually telling a friend of mine. Yeah, I was like, there. I, I can count in one hand the days I've been like, I'm going to the gym. It's always like, oh, mm-hmm. do I have to? But I have to do these other things. But then, like you, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see some friends. I'm going to feel great afterwards. And it's almost like if you, if you, the, the real exercise is getting yourself there and what are you going to tell yourself to get there because once you get there it's easy yeah for me because I have a gym in my building but like the moment I go downstairs to my gym I'm like oh I'm sweating I'm good now (laughs) this gotta be like five pounds I'm good I'm going upstairs but when I'm in class I don't like being embarrassed so it's like I'm gonna show up I'm gonna make sure like I'm doing all the poses or I'm doing all the steps or whatever it may be because it doesn't make sense not to it doesn't yeah. make sense to be lazy if you all the way there, if you're paying for it, whatever it is. And like, I get bored in the gym. So that's how I always take like a different class. Like I'm taking belly dancing. That's completely random for me, but it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun and it's an actual workout. So I'm just like, okay, I enjoy doing this thing. I'm going to keep it up. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. So how can anybody that's looking to get inspired follow you, listen to you? How can they find you? Me? Okay. I go by Life with Jordan. That's L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-J-R-D-N on everything. My blog goes by the same name. My Instagram, my Twitter are the same. And you can follow the podcast Dating in NYC Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And we are streaming on every single platform. So yeah. I'm around. You're around. You're in the ethers. (laughs) Yeah. Your energy is everywhere. But thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I can't wait to see you in person again. I know. I know we have to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jordan. Of course. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love and thank you.